0: Upon further Review. So how does a football coach engineer the process of bringing a team together when it is so difficult simply to get together? Panther head man, Matt Rule.
1: Yeah, I I think the biggest thing is, um, you know, everyone wants to do the right thing. Everyone wants to perform at a high level, whether they're they're a coach, staff member, or player. Um, It's just because we didn't have off-season workouts, uh, because we didn't have... OTAs. I think, you know, for a lot of people um, they're just not sure what exactly to do, you know, or exactly how to do everything. So I think, um, you know, we have to, we have to be uh, humble enough to, um, you know, to make mistakes, to learn from them, to continue to grow together as a group. And I think the second part is really just building trust. You know, football's a game where you can only play it great. If you know, if you trust yourself, if you trust your teammates, if you trust your coaches, if you trust the systems, and, um, you know, that takes time. And so, um, obviously this is a, a small window that we have, but, uh, I think the, you know, the men in the locker room are, and, and, and the coaching staff and staff are, are up for the challenge.
0: So what are his feelings and level of fear about the virus?
1: Well, I, I don't think, um, I don't think the, the camp part of it uh, for us is, is, is as much a concern as just, you know, in general. Um, you know, obviously my, my family got here on a Saturday and and the stay at home order went into effect in Charlotte that Wednesday so um you know my kids spent you know two three months without you know even really meeting a friend or a neighbor um so you know we tried we have tried to be smart and we've tried to you know socially distance and you know isolate when we can stay at home um wear masks but you know um the one thing I've seen is I've seen people in my you know family friends um, they've gotten it at, at such unique places. And, uh, you know, for me, the fact that I'm coming in here to work every day, I get tested every day, the people around me get tested every day. Uh, I, f- I personally feel more secure, you know, knowing that everyone I'm around is is routinely being tested and I'm being tested. And, um, you know, this is a virus, you know, there, there's no, there's, you know, the virus is going to get, tra- it gets transmitted in, um, you know, a myriad of ways. And so, I think my wife and I, when it comes to our family, we, we don't think that we can stop everything. What we can do is just try to make really good decisions, have really good you know, protocols for our own family. But you know, at the end of the day, I'm a, I'm a coach. It's time to go to work, and I'm excited to be
0: back working. As you may know, NFL players may opt out and not play this season.
1: My only message really has been to the team has been you know, that each of us have a different set of circumstances. You know, each of us have different family issues. You know, I have three kids at home. Um, who were, you know, um, uh, premature, you know, uh, we all have different issues, right? You know, um, some of us have parents, some of us have pregnant wives, some of us have kids, you know, some of us have our own comorbidities. So uh, the thing that I've said to everybody is that obviously it affects us all differently. And so that if you have any concerns, questions, any issues, then just always reach out, you know what I mean? Um, to, to, to talk about those things. And then at the end of the day, everyone's got to make the right decision for them, you know, and so, um, I don't fault anyone for the decisions they make, especially when it comes to the safety and security of their family um, the, the you know, their, 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 their own safety. So I, you know, I, this whole time during the, during this entire time of COVID, I've tried to just make sure that I've always been someone who's helping people put their families and their own health first. Um, I'm encouraged and excited for our players to see what's been done here. I mean, um the you know from from you know last training camp you know or even last season, the situation the guys had in terms of meeting rooms and 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 the setup that they've had to what we've transformed this place into Eddie Levens, you know Mark Harg Sean Patton, uh just I mean it's amazing you know we've moved up to the third floor, so I hope that when the guys walk in they'll you know my words will be backed up by action where they'll feel like hey this has been really secure but um, you know I. Uh, I, uh, my message is very simple. Hey, everyone's got to do what they need to do. Um, but at the same time, we can all work together to make sure that we keep ourselves really safe.
0: Already, there have been some kicking game developments. Punter Michael Pilardi out, kicker Graham Gano trying to work back in.
1: Yeah, I think, uh, the, today's the first day that those guys, the, the, the quarterback and injury group, can work out. And what we're going to walk through here with them in a little bit, but you know, just seeing KK, he looks like he looks like he's in fantastic shape. You know, he's, He's 315 pounds. I think he's, he's done a great job of just really, really putting himself in a position to have a special year. Uh, you know, Shaq Thompson's back. He's healthy. Uh, Graham, Graham looks healthy, looks great. You know, I've, I obviously haven't seen him kick, but I know that, uh, you know, I know people are really pleased. The medical staff is pleased with how far he's come. Um, then obviously, you know, Michael Pilardi, What you know, just so disappointed for him. I mean, just a, you know, just an amazing, amazing team guy, a guy that's overcome so much, and uh, but I you know I believe his best football's still ahead of him. You know, I mean, uh, everything happens for a reason, and I know he'll um, he'll he'll hopefully come back you know stronger uh, and better uh, in the future.
0: Next, a question about how no preseason games might affect the Panthers' preparation.
1: Yeah, you know, I think the the hard part is that there's always those guys that um, when they get into the games. Uh, either struggle, you know, to, to bring what they do in practice to the game or, um, you know, um, some guys are the opposite, right? They just, something special, light, you know, is lit inside them. So you won't really see that till you actually get into the game games. So that'll be the challenge to that. As you said, you know, I've been a head coach now for seven years and haven't had a preseason game in college. So I've had to utilize practice and scrimmages and those things to make evaluations. So you know, I'm going to uh, rely on our coaching staff. I'm going to rely on our personnel staff, on Marty, on his people. And and um, the thing I've told our guys is, you know, people always say, like, control what you can control is kind of like, you know, things people you, you, you read all the time you hear. But this is truly a time for our players, young players, old players. I mean, if they have a meeting, whether it's virtual or in person, they've, they've got to be great at it. They go out to the practice field, they get a couple reps, they've got to be great at them. Like, they've got to, they've got to really show what they can do in a controlled environment and You know, we'll cut the team down, and then we'll. um, And obviously, there's a little bit more roster flexibility this year than there have been in years past. So, you know, again, like I said earlier, it's not ideal, but it is what it is, and and we're gonna um, try to make really good decisions. And like I said, I'm very the the way this preseason is laid out is the way my preseason probably would have been laid out the last couple years. So, I feel very comfortable with you know the way it is.
0: To make up for no preseason games, Rule says he's got a few ideas.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I just think, um, you know, we're, it's, it sounds so simple, but we're going to have to practice really, really hard. You know, it's like – it's not like you're kind of like getting into the, the games and you're, you know, going through a simulated game week and, you know, playing a game on Saturday. I mean, we're going to have to really compete against each other, you know, it's a little bit like the old days and um, um, really see who can withstand that competition. And that's really what you want from a great team, right? Like you want to go out there and you want to watch, you know, Dante Jackson go against D.J. Moore. You know, you're going to – you want to watch, you know, Ian Thomas – you know, go against Trey and You want to watch, you know, in the, you, know you, you get it. So I just think that our guys have to have really respect the other guys on the other side of the ball. We have to practice at a really high level. And then, you know, some of the things that you mentioned, you know, trying to, you know, maybe go in the stadium, maybe playing a little music, trying to create some distractions. Um, I think all those things are, are important. But at the end of the day, you know, iron truly does sharpen iron, right? So it'll, it'll come down to how we practice against each other.
0: Ah, and now we come to the gem of the press conference. Listen to what Coach Rule says in response to a question about there still being a role for the lesser-known player to spin the dream and make the team.
1: Well, I'll say this, just philosophically, like when, when I came to the NFL, made the decision to, to, to make the jump, that was one of the areas I thought would be, um, that's one of the areas I always thought was neglected, you know, by so by so many people. You, know, you see guys that leave one team on the practice squad and they go somewhere else and they're a starter. And And so being a college coach and being a coach that coached at Temple and at, you know, Baylor that didn't have, you know, their pick of five-star recruits. I just always prided ourselves as a staff on being a developmental staff. And I don't know why you can't develop players in the NFL. And so we thought, hey, let's let's do a great job with our practice squad players, we do a great job with our young players and and find some diamonds in the rough. So that was always in our mindset. Then with the new CBA, they, they, they upped the number from whatever it was, eight or ten to, to – tw- uh, to, to, I can't remember what it was – from eight to 12 – and um, gave you a little bit more flexibility in terms of moving back and forth from the roster. And now going to 16, um, I think you have tremendous flexibility on the roster. And So uh, you want to you make sure, on, I think, on the practice squad that you have guys that you can develop for the long run that have a chance to be really good players. But this year, you also, I think, want to have versatile guys. You, know, you want to have guys that can step in on a Wednesday and are really about their business. So um, I've challenged our young guys. You know, our young guys are so far ahead in terms of knowing the system. We've met so much with them. And I've challenged them, like, hey, if you know a lot of football, then there's going to be a, a, a decent chance this year that you'll help us. And um, being disciplined as a staff to make sure that we don't just write guys off and say, well, let me just worry about these top four or five guys. Well, the top four or five guys are great, but it's this guy that you think you know might not help us this year that's going to eventually at some point probably uh, be required. So just trying to make sure we're really um, doing a great job. And then the last thing I'll say is, uh, when we hired our staff, we hired a bunch of young coaches and, um, you know, we, we're even right now we're, we're we have like, even in the D line meeting, we're splitting up the D line meeting we have the vets and we have the young D linemen and we're splitting up the secondary with the veteran secondary and the young secondary. Um, and really, because in some ways, the, 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 our younger guys are a little bit further ahead because they've been here for a week. And, and um, you know, really for me, trusting my coaches and my young coaches to do a great job of bringing everyone along at their own speed.
0: How does coach feel about the team's retention level from the spring until now? I've been really pleased with it.
1: You know, the the, the 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 as I said, the rookies have been going through about six and a half or seven hours of meetings for a week now. So we've we've really you know put a lot on them uh, just to follow up from the offseason. You know, obviously there's always a step you know there where you go from doing it on the board to being on the field and you know having your cleats on you know in in the ground and having the the pressure and the speed of it and that starts to show up. So my, you know, my recommendation to, to the guys is: a, don't be afraid to make mistakes, right? Like, you know, mistakes are good. Um, you know, when they happen now, when you learn from them, and just to take a, just take a breath and relax. You know, you're all good football players. You're here for a reason. Don't let the anxiety get the best of you. But I'm really pleased, and it's just now it's got to start to transition and, and transition over to the um, walkthrough phase, then eventually into the you know, ramp up practice phase, then put the pads on. Hopefully, we know our system well enough that it'll just come down to, you know, physicality and effort and all
0: that. Oh, yes, we have to talk quarterback, of course, and that topic was posed to Coach Rule in the form of Teddy Bridgewater's experience with offensive coordinator Joe Brady.
1: Yeah, I mean, Ted, Ted, Teddy knows it so well, and, um, you know, he, he and Joe have just kind of a great relationship, you know, a football relationship as a result of it, where they can, you um, talk about like level three and level four coaching points you know because uh, Teddy's been in it he's worked in it and uh, the things that Joe's added or changed or brought you know from college uh, Teddy's picked up on so quickly and if you get to know Teddy like his demeanor is so so good I mean he's all football that that they seem like they're off to a great start and then you know and it extends beyond that you know we have three offensive linemen who played for our offensive line coach Pat Meyer and Pat's unique and some of the things that he does he's one of the you know great offensive line coaches and you know, he's, got, he's got Johnny Miller and, and Russell Okung and, 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 and um, uh, um, Michael Schofield who've all played for him before, know his techniques and can really help the younger guys. And it's really not as much about them. It's about them, them being able to constantly talk to the other guys and explain, hey, this is what we're looking for here. So you, you hear the term coach on the field, but you truly do have a coach on the field in a couple of different areas. And I also mentioned Keith Kirkwood was in, you know, was in New Orleans and has been in uh, this version of the system with, with Joe. so it's uh it's a good setup in terms of those guys um having some experience
0: and finally how has it felt to be back at work
1: i've been ecstatic since being back in the building and certainly getting out on the on the field the other day has been it's been it's been so exciting you know just for all of us you know we've watched these and for the players and they've worked so hard you know and to see them you know get get out in the field and get a chance to do what they got to do and you know um I know you guys have been in the building, you know, we, we knocked out some walls and expanded the locker room, you know, into some of those other rooms and, you know, took the old defensive line meeting room and it's now like a, you know, manual therapy room and took the old press room meeting room where you guys worked and turned it into a recovery room so we could socially distance when we're doing things for our legs and took some of the other meeting rooms and turned them into locker rooms and took the team meeting room and turned it into a taping room. So we've just tried to spread out our facility. Um, Built two outdoor weight rooms so that we can comply with the 15 guys in the weight room at a time and still stay on schedule. Um, redlined this entire area, so it's only tier one and tier two people. And then moved all the meetings, all the coaches. You know, I'm not in the second floor anymore. I'm up on a third floor suite. Every player has a suite up here. So we can do virtual meetings with everyone in-house, you know, so guys can, guys can you know, be in front of a computer, but we can all be together. Eating in some of those, you know, like instead of in that little meal room downstairs, some of the big club lounges up here. Um, So, uh, we've we've taken the, uh, you know, I I tell our guys all the time, you know, eight is the new six. Like they say, six feet. We're trying to do everything at eight feet as best we can. And um, I hope that when our players show up, they'll see, you know, that uh, in a hard situation, you know, we've done our best to try to make this a brand new place and a brand new space for them.
0: That's your Matt Rule podcast thumbnail. Thanks for listening to it. With today's, upon further review. I'm Mick Mixon reporting on the Carolina Panthers Podcast Network.